Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Do. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is a man who always manages to get to the chopper, Mr. Drew Celestino. Well, I guess that makes me better than uh, Shane Black and Jesse Ventura and yeah, and all the rest there. Pour one out for him. They, they, never, they didn't make it. So me and Arnold just chilling on the chopper. Yeah. And, and the girl. Yeah. We don't know what happened to her. No. Okay. That movie is so awesome. It is. It's, it's like three really awesome movies in one. Like, I, this is going to sound very old manish of me, but like... And it do, works. Do, do they make movies like that anymore? <laughs> if they do, they don't get theatrical releases. Okay. That, that's... You're, you're very right yeah. on that. I was thinking about that recently, like about theatrical runs and stuff, and like... Do comedies even come out anymore? Like, just, you know, your run-of-the-mill comedic movies? Do they, they, hit, do they do. hit theaters? Do we know they, about these films? They do, but typically nowadays you don't hear about a comedy unless it's doing big bank at the box office. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, like, for as great as Hangover was, it kind of ruined it for a lot of comedies in the future. Because now, unless you're making Hangover money, no yeah. one hears about you. Yeah. And, like, this, and again, I'm, you know... I'm out of touch, but who are like, are there any actors now that are just like strictly known for being com- comedic actors? Like their movies are just comedies. Cause like back in the day, for instance, yeah. if you saw, you know, Bill Murray, it's like oh, comedy yeah. or, you know, even Dan Aykroyd. Okay. okay comedy. Yep. Chevy Chase movie. It's comedy. Is there anyone now? Those guys, comed- I, I feel like I actors now just do everything. I don't think as much. And that's probably a good thing. Okay. Um, because if an actor's just doing one thing over and over again, they, you know, gets old quick. It does. I guess, you know, I shouldn't say that because, I mean, you know, Adam Sandler. Comedy. See? Almost nine, it's old. Well, no. 19 times done. out of 20. He has, but yeah, it's very like rare. Punch Drunk Love, things like that. Yeah. Uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. He's had a couple, like, they're but, very uh, little known indie films. and But in general. Yeah, in general. You, Kevin you Hart see Will comes Ferrell. to mind. Okay, so I'm, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of crapping on my own point here. Yeah. Never mind, I take it back. Yeah, but it's not, but no, I get your your point isn't completely lost. I get what you're saying. It's it's not as prevalent as it used to be. It feels that way. But yeah, yeah. theatrical runs seem like, uh, unless you're unless you're some big, gigantic movie, you don't know that it's even in theaters. Yeah, and that's... That's a problem that the theater industry is facing because it's only really the big event films that are getting people out of their seats because a lot of the the indie films, they're finding, you know, Netflix is just Netflix, Hulu, you know, streaming services and whatnot are like, come to us. Sure. We'll give you a theatrical run so you can qualify for, you know, like, perfect example, Roma which got a ton of Academy Award nominations. Hmm. It's a Netflix film. It oh. got like a limited theatrical run to qualify it for the Academy Award. So Awards. it has to be released yes. in theaters to be qualified yes. for an Academy Award. The Academy is such a joke. Well, you got to have some things, some qualifying factors. I guess, but I mean, it's the insider's club anyway. Like, it, times are changing. Like, I feel like Netflix and stuff is, there's not going to be a theater industry in 10 to 20 years, I think. Uh, I think there still will be. 
um, because the the experience can still not be replicated. I totally agree. Um, I just don't know how practical it is dollar it, for dollar for people nowadays. We we've seen how much it's changed just in the past five to six years around yeah, here totally. in this area, especially. I think pretty much every theater is reserve seating. You know the type of food and whatnot you can get theaters different and the changes are for the better because they know now it's not just like they need more than just the movie to get butts in the seats yeah 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 so, i would uh, be curious if uh, an alamo draft house like were to open up here like how how that would work well what i would know i'd be like there i know the i think it's the amc and on main street and amherst or something sells beer theater is it still just the uh I'm not talking about no plastic cup. I'm talking about <laughs> a glass, glass of beer. beer. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's in some sort of plastic cup. In Holland, did you know you can get a glass of beer at McDonald's? <laughs> anyway, um, I wonder, though, uh, at, at that theater, is it just the, the usual uh, seating, though, with the reclining seat and that's it? I'm not sure. I think, like, it, like I don't, and I've never been to an Elmo Draft House, so I don't know this either. Yeah. But I feel like if you're getting, like, a, a dining, or I'm air quoting, dining yeah. experience at a movie... Wouldn't you need some kind of um, table or you know something like that? You, you would. Um, I'm a little. I'm a little wary of theaters moving towards the dining experience because then I can see them becoming kind of like comedy clubs, where it's like a two item minimum ah, or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So you never know. Maybe rabbit trails aside, let's get back <laughs> to ceremony, ah. sir. Opening statements. How was your week? We almost didn't have a show tonight. It was eventful. <laughs> it was, uh, well, it was breezy. Let, yeah, oh, sure was. Let's back up for a moment before we get into the uh, the storm and the and the uh, the darkness. Um, usual usual week by by and large. Um, we had a little evening with Bob Ross on Friday. <laughs> we did. We played. The art of Bob Ross. The Bob Ross game. It's actually pretty good. Decent mechanics. Yeah. Um, once you get the hang of it, it's it's cool. You're playing against Bob. You're playing against cards. You're playing against other players. Yep. Um, it's it's you know, dare I say it's a little deeper than you might think a Bob Ross game would be. It's it's a very good big box store game. Sure. If that makes sense. Sure. Like sure. as far as games you're going to get at Target, it's pretty good. Yeah. So um, I think we were all a little shot, though. I know I was feeling pretty, pretty, un- pretty tired on Friday. Um, I, I, the late night hours are not what they used to be for me. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm heading towards Eric Clapton Town, Carl. Where I'm just I'm I'm old and <laughs> I go to bed early <laughs> and I wake up early. I'm gonna be uh, hitting up Old Country Buffet before you know it. Del Monte. If it's if it's not enjoy uh, them, old man. Or they will be your last. Anyway, um, so that was all well and good. Uh, Saturday was pretty lazy. I hung around and did a uh, big uh, record session with Jason, which is our, kind of like, again, a new yep. a thing now. Um, I kind of got the hooks into him a little bit with Nine Inch Nails now, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fun uh, diversion. Um, there might be... It, it's funny because... It, the way it kind of happened is uh, I we are we have been talking about and sort of plotting and uh, debating and figuring out logistics for uh, a potential uh, podcast with me and him. But uh, in doing so, I gave him a couple of uh, recommendations on shows that, that turned out to be Nine Inch Nails podcasts, and 
it's not so much that we want to do a Nine Inch Nails podcast that that's not it at all. But I listened to two. I listened to two different Nine Inch Nails podcasts because I'm a nerd like that, and they both cover you know the same ground but completely different approaches to their presentation. Yeah. So I pitched them to him to be like, hey, check these out and see what you like about both of them, and this is maybe something. And at, we, like we could pick the the best of both worlds, and if we decide to go down this avenue, of what we want to do. So we started listening to those. And um, in the in doing so, like that they, they they were talking about albums that he hasn't listened to in like twenty years or more, yeah. and he's like, so then you know, in them talking about them, I I you know got really interested in hearing them again. So he got he's like, I, I've been spinning the downward spiral like twice last night. I went to bed listening to it. I'm like, yes, yes, good, good. So we had uh, an evening with the fragile on Saturday, and the fragile is like. The fragile. It's, I, don't, I don't even know what I can say about the fragile. Besides, it's, it's from wow. chef's chef's kiss to the fragile. It's aged like wine. It just gets better with time. So anyway, we we put that on, put on some live stuff, and um, just you know, fun little evening. So Sunday. As, oh, as, no, I'm sorry. Go on. As you're getting him into Nine Inch Nails, is he getting you into anything? Um, we kind of go back and forth. Whatever we are feeling, we pitch each other. Um. He's got a little more eclectic taste, whereas I'm way more like I'm real. You know what you like. That's what you like. We're both kind of like that, though. But he's a little more. Uh, he likes more stuff. We have we we both have when it comes to like the, the heavy stuff, which is what we're both our bread and butter is heavy stuff. We're both very like minded, and we are very like. It's it's it just has to scratch the itch the right way, and if it doesn't, we don't care. So in that sense, we're very much alike. But he he his palette's a little wider, um, so he's into more like he's like he likes reggae. He likes he's really into Radiohead, and he's tried to get me into Radiohead, and I don't not like it. It's just not something I look to put on. But maybe I just haven't had the right time. And the Is right it one of those things where it's been like overhyped. Maybe, maybe that's possible. Okay. Um. I is don't it, want to discount it out of hand because, you know, I've heard some stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is interesting. But again, it gets their stuff gets really weird, like later on. Later on. Like these albums are twenty years old now. But yeah. I know put it this way, there's like there's like creep that everyone knows. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the rest of their catalog. And like the rest of their catalog gets increasingly weird after that. And yep. that's the stuff that people are really like hooked on. The the, the real hardcore radiohead people. So like I've tried to get there and figure it out and I you know, I hear it and I get what the appeal would be but i don't know that that's something that appeals to me yeah. directly um does he try to get you in the tea party at all oh yeah yeah we listened to some saturday actually okay. and I, all i can think with them is like these guys should be bigger like this yeah. this is a good band so good. <laughs> they're really good they're, they're, it's funny because they're huge in canada yeah. australia ireland and buffalo <laughs> well we're it's, next to canada so yeah you know, so you know we might as well be a canadian city yeah uh yeah, they're they're a great man. I could see myself getting uh, hooked into that pretty easily. What uh, was the guy you listening to so far? I, I we we listened Just, to like a track or two. I couldn't tell you specifically, okay. but it's like yeah. I, I mean, I know the Tea Party. I know what they sound like, and you, yeah. you play that for me. I'm like, yeah, I get that. I'm I'm with that. That's cool. My favorite album of theirs is Triptych. Okay, well, yeah. I'll make some mental notes and do some diving because I'm most, always. Most people will default to either. Um, Edges of Twilight, which was their second album, mm-hmm. or um, Transmissions. Okay. You would probably, given the limited scope I know of your music taste, you would probably 
dig transmissions okay the most no so, I'll, yeah. I'll give it a shot we'll yeah. see um so that was mostly saturday sunday uh started off all well and good um just kind of hanging around the house playing lots of hollow night still not done it's a yep. it's an increasingly big game <laughs> i can't believe it i can't believe it's not over yet carl it's still going on so uh then at about oh i don't know 1 p.m. ish, the uh, proverbial winds kicked up. Yeah, we got a slight breeze in here <laughs> in, the, in the Buffalo area. And when I say slight breeze, I really mean 75 miles per hour. Yes, winds it, sustained. It was, it was bad. Yeah, it was, it was real bad. It was wind. And on my on my in my neighborhood, um, I have many a tall tree. Including the two in front of my house and the two in, in my yard. Yeah. So I'm out there. I'm looking out the window. I'm like, wow, my trees are swaying. Yep. And as no sooner that I that I said that, um, a limb broke loose and went right down on my power line. Mm. Now, this did not cause me to lose power. It did cause the line to be taken down to a height of about three feet in my yard. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. So, obviously, the power companies knew this storm was coming, and they, they beefed up. They were out in force. They were ready yeah. in force. So, I called them at, like, 1... This happened at, like, one let let's say, right? Yeah. They had the tree guys here by one thirty. Wow. And they had the power guys here by one forty five to reconnect. See, the, the, the line pulled away from the house, but it didn't disconnect from the house. There's okay. like there's brackets that yeah, yeah. hold it on. It pulled off of those, there's, but it was still layers, connected. Like there's layers. layers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, so they they had it back up, you know, in no time. I was like, wow, cool, good job, National Grid. Sweet. And then a three or four hours later, uh, my neighborhood went went dark. So all of us were without power. Yeah. Now in that situation, you if you're not prepared <laughs> if you don't have a generator if you don't have uh, some kind of backup system for your power you kind of go into a slight panic so in our case power outages always freak me out well in this in my case i have a sump pump that needs to run so my immediate thought is okay if i don't have power i'm going to be going downstairs every 30 to 40 minutes to bail out my sump pump I, to bail out the sump. So I, got, I had buckets. Yeah. I had to bucket it out two or three times. Um, the fridge and the and freezer. that water is not warm. No, it's cold. I, you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. Um, now, the fridge and the freezer, I don't think too much about because, you know, generally speaking, yeah. if you don't open them, they're going to keep for 12 to 24 hours. Freezer more so if it's packed. Mm-hmm. You get two days out of a freezer if it's full. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, but... Uh, you know, we have two freezers, so we got the fridge upstairs, but then we also have our deep freezer, which has all of Grant's milk in it, <laughs> like a whole stockpile. Yeah. Um, that kid's ready for like a nuclear war. <laughs> <laughs> Should we have power during the nuclear war? Uh, so that was, that was also a concern. Yeah. So, but fortunately my, um, my brother-in-law had a spare generator, small one, just a little, you know, small gas generator yep. came over, threw it in the yard. Um, ran some extension cords through the basement window, and I managed to get the sump pump on, uh, the freezer on, and then we brought a line upstairs that I was basically uh, alternating between like a lamp 
and then I would, you know, put the fridge on once in a while just yeah. to keep things kind of going. So, you know, you think, okay, how long can the power be out, right? Like, what's an average outage? Hour, two hour. I mean, you know. It, Something like you, that, yeah. You think they're going to get back to it quick. Well, <laughs> well. About that. Yeah. So I was. Uh, they we, get back to it quick when it's kind of like an isolated incident. When no. it's a massive windstorm that's causing outages area-wide. Yeah. There was something like 40,000 yeah. homes without power uh, for the the duration. So um, we we didn't have power overnight and stuff, so it was a little dicey. So, you know, we layered up, put Grant in like four layers of clothes. Yeah. Um, went to bed, and hopefully. Hey, maybe it'll kick out overnight. And I had to kind of be up every two to three hours to put gas in the generator. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so my sleeping was was obviously disrupted. Went to work Monday morning. Yep. Still no power. Nope. And I thought, okay, well, I guess I'm going to fill the generator up when I go to work. I don't li- I don't work far away. Come back at my lunch, fill it up again. Like this is my plan, right? Yeah. God forbid we don't have power. Well, we did not have power all day. So all told, we were without power for about 28 hours. So that, that kind of stunk. I, we were The house got down to 49 degrees. Yeah. Um, I was yeah. prepared. At, at, when, I, we, when I got home from work, I told Jen, just take Grant, go to your granny's, sleep there. Um, I was, we, put, we put sweaters on all the dogs, and I was going to I put layers on, and I was just like, I'm not leaving the dogs here by themselves. I'll, I'll stay here overnight with them. I'll put them all in the bed. We'll all go under the blanket, and we'll all stay here until the power comes back on. And uh, she was gone. She went to her granny's, sitting here by myself with a lamp on in front of a little space heater that I was alternating with the fridge. And I'm just like, well, this is, this is what we're going to do. And then fortunately, um, after a couple hours of into that, uh, power came back on, and all was right with the world. Yay! So, uh, yeah, I'm reevaluating some of the home reno now. Some of the some of the um, ideas I had for refinishing the floors and whatnot might take that money. Investigate a a- solar power. I got to do the cost benefit uh, ratio to solar versus uh, the natural gas backup. Get a natural gas mm. backup generator. Goes outside, runs on your natural gas. It'll kick on should you lose power from your main source, and you they get they come in all different tiers. Yeah, you yeah. can get the six thousand dollar one that'll power your whole house, or you can get something smaller if you just want your bare essentials. In my case, I probably just want something for the bare essentials. Yeah, keep the sump pump on, get the furnace on. The we we tried getting the furnace on the portable generator. Yeah. Uh, no dice. It's yeah. uh, something to do with the um, the ground wire mm-hmm. because the portable generator isn't technically grounded. Um, the pi- the pilot igniter for my furnace will only work with a grounded source. Mm. Weird. So yeah, that was weird. Um, some some are like that. Some are not. Yeah. I, mine happens to be like that. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's you know reevaluating the the situation. So life got back to normal about seven p.m. seven thirty p.m. yesterday, and. Uh, yeah, that's that's, that's kind of what's been up. I went to work today, cool. and I'm still in a fog because it was <laughs> what an adventure it was. Yeah, I can imagine. We are a very spoiled, spoiled, and and, and uh, dependent society now on yeah. on 
of the old electricity. That's why power outages always freak me out, especially in nighttime, because power's out for like just X amount of time. People start to get itchy and whatnot, and like I'm not gonna lie, you, know, you got roving mobs, and you, you joke, but like I would, you know, it it was dark. Yeah. I didn't go outside, dude. There were no street lights. My whole no. my whole neighborhood was out. Yeah. So it was pitch black out there, pretty much. I mean, moonlight, for God's sake. Yeah. And, um, you know, that that thought does creep in your mind. Like You want to hope people will be them best, their best selves, but people, is, as, as, the, as the Muppets Take Manhattan once said, <laughs> people's is people's. You know, I, I, put it this way. If I were a criminally-minded person, Power is just a choice time to... Dude, go looting. Do some shenanigans. Right. I mean, why not? Who's going to stop you? There's no power, no lights. People may not even be home. I'm sure that most people got, got out of Dodge and went to stay with a family member. Yeah. Like, I'm, here I am, you know, puddled up with my animals. <laughs> yeah, we did not lose power, which was very surprising. Because uh, you know our neighborhood. There's freaking trees everywhere. Yeah. Pretty much yeah. live on Endor. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm glad it uh, glad it worked out. It did, it did. I'm sorry for monopolizing the show no, so far. Fine. So, how was your week? My week, uh, let's see. You know, works works good. Works going well. Um, I'm surprised. Spoilers, folks. We don't really have any emails to go over. I'm surprised because Jay was Jay had an email ready to go and was all excited about it. So. Alas, you but you might have to hit him up tomorrow and be like, uh, "We were fishing for content, Jay." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jay's always good to show. He's got a lot of stuff going on. So. He does. He absolutely um, does. So yeah, Friday night game night here. Uh, Saturday night, obviously with get or Saturday, um, obviously with uh, getting a new job, um, with really great benefits is freeing up some some cap space. <laughs> to use the uh, the sports parlance, uh, so and some things kind of broke our way in the past couple weeks, and we came to the conclusion that we're in a good spot to get a second car. Very nice. Um, we've been a one car family for about jeez six or seven years now. Mm. We've been making it work, but now with William, he's two, he's going to be three next month, and you know preschool and stuff's just around the corner. Having just one car is not really uh, ideal sure. as it used to be when it was just the two of us because like, if I'm, cause I work downtown and you know William is you know about 20-minute drive away if traffic is behaving itself. But like, if there's an emergency or something and I got to go or he's at school or something and I'm the only one with the car, it's going to take a little longer to get to him. So we decided to go out and get a... Uh, uh, new car and we were looking around and we had a budget in mind and you know we had a couple ideas of what we were going to get and then you know my friend jim who's very car minded starts telling me he's like i don't think you realize how much car your budget can get you and our budget wasn't huge right um so he just started sending me these these links from cars.com uh, and we did end up getting a car. Um, we are the proud owners of a 2015 BMW. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> we got a great deal on it. Um, yeah. Drove it here tonight. Yeah, boy. It's it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's fun. All, it's all-wheel drive. It's yeah. got a turbocharger on it. And 
It's got a little button you press that says sport mode. Makes it, <laughs> makes it go faster. It's great. I love it. Be, be, be careful it's, out there. It's very, it's very strange to walk up to your car, open the door, sit down in the car, and turn the car on without ever taking the key out of your pocket. Yeah. Yeah, technology. Yeah. Wait till that great. goes wait wait till it breaks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Um so yeah, it's really That's cool. Awesome. It's red. It's yeah, fun. flashy. Why yeah. why be subtle? Yeah. My, my I'll be my. honest, I don't see many red beamers out there. They're usually blue or, or black. Yeah. You in my you, experience. When you drive a red car, and this is not my first, um when you're driving on throughways one night, you're like a lot of bland color cars out there. I'm really glad we kind of went this route. <laughs> so you're going to get looks. Yeah, we we actually test drove a Cadillac too, and I mm. I was not was not crazy about the Cadillac. I mean, I'm not surprised. Well, Cadillac's especially next a, to the BMW, Cadillac's a good brand. It so was a good brand. No, they're dude. That's for what for what our needs are. Think it was just the wrong Cadillac for us, but Cadillac's a quality brand hmm. um so yeah we got that now i just gotta get a car seat for it so yeah does it require a special car seat or something no oh. no it's standard car seat. gotcha okay um i think and then uh saturday was it saturday night yeah i think it was saturday night uh no sunday uh we all sat down watching incredibles 2 together how was it's it on netflix now it's good it's really good. Okay. Um, it's like right under the first one. All right. It's like right. if here's, I mean, obviously it's a visual medium, but here's Incredibles, like just right, just a hair underneath is Incredibles right. too. Really, really good. Um, trying to think what else. That was pretty much it. No. Not a, yeah, obviously we had the, we're dealing with the windstorm and whatnot. Hmm. Um, obviously not as bad as you guys were, but. Oh, it's a good time. It's a good time. Good times. Yeah, yeah. Dear listeners, if you'd like to tell us about your good time, send us any questions or comments to the show, you can do so at the following location. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can like our page on Facebook by going to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com, or you can find all these resources available to you on our website the devil's do podcast.com and drew that being said this is where we would have email we still don't have any emails i mean alan even had a, a snow i'm using air finger quotes snow day and still didn't get an email sent in for shame <laughs> for alan shame. does uh, throw a lot of content our way in our chat though he does he, i mean the news we have this week so it was a light news week is pretty much all Made up from stuff Alan sent us. That's okay. Thanks, Alan. So, Producer we, Alan over here. Yep. Yeah. Well, you appreciate it. All right. So, since we have no emails, let's dive right into the news. Hey, Drew. Yeah. Did you know that on your Nintendo Switch you can access <laughs> Xbox Live? Yeah, I heard that somewhere. <laughs> Did you? Um, we have some more details to this now, and it's, this is no small thing. Okay. Um, we're getting some some trademark xbox titles coming towards the switch in the forms of like halo and gears of war and now what, what are your what are your thoughts on this we, we sir? need to be we need to be clear on this though they're not coming out physically 
You're not right. going to be able to go buy Gears of War or whatever for the Switch. Right, right. They are going to be streaming, is that correct? As part so. of Microsoft's Game Pass? Yeah. So you would subscribe to the Microsoft Game Pass, and then yep. you can log in and play the game in streaming form uh, via the Nintendo Switch. Fascinating. Now, my question is, when you are streaming a game, does that mean that your machine that you're playing it on isn't even running the game? You're just on the internet? You're playing the game over the internet, essentially? I mean, isn't that kind of what the Nintendo app is for the Switch? Like, you're just I have no streaming idea. the games? I don't know. And because and I... Like, is the internet speed that fast that that's a thing you can do? In the, I know in other countries you can, but yeah. but here, that's um, impressive. Most impressive. So, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, that's inter- Now, to be well, fair... Well, it's not... I mean, you could do it with PlayStation if you had, like, a PS4 yeah, and I've you seen had that. The, the PSP. Yes. You could stream your PS4 games to PSP, so it's not unheard of. I'm looking at an article about this right now. So apparently this is going to be a thing. Um, I, I'm curious is if, I mean, what what's in this for Nintendo, I guess? Is this some kind of partnership or is this just Microsoft like? Uh, here's, here's what I'm thinking. I think um, old scars still bear their mark. Yeah. And I think Nintendo is thinking back to when they had an opportunity to partner up with Sony. Oh no, you're you're looking and, I think you're looking against the wrong and way. They they decided not to and inadvertently created their biggest competitor. I um, oh I think you're I, I think you're I, th- way off here. I think it's I think Nintendo is being smart and partnering with a flagging competitor and Maybe just like swooping in, being able to scoop up, you know, some exclusive stuff. Obviously, you know, Microsoft and Sony are not going to team up anytime soon. No. I I think that like it's very feasible that we will not see another system from Microsoft. It, it would not. Let me put it this way. It would not surprise me either way. If they gave, if they came out with a new system or if they said, no, we're just doing software now. They want the Sega route. Um, I would not be surprised either way. Now, I think if that's the case, if this partnership with Nintendo works out well, if it is a partnership, this, is all, is, here, a partnership. this is all just re- being reported yeah. right now. There's no confirmation. On if this. if everything that's being reported is true and this works out well, I think that you will see Microsoft decide to not produce another console and just move directly into software producing which is their bread and butter since day one and if that happens and nintendo has them locked up it's something wouldn't want to be sony uh i don't know i think sony's gonna be fine they they the playstation brand is is so strong They'd have to really screw it up to to uh, to lose ground. Microsoft in the big picture isn't much of a player. I mean, they are a player, but yeah. um, they've never been able to get a foothold in Japan. Um, I mean, it's only one country, obviously, but it's a major country for yeah, gaming. It's... Um, so, you know, 
in terms of uh, exclusive content and whatnot, it would be a, it would be interesting. But I don't think Microsoft's trying, their their goal. I don't think is to make. They're not looking for exclusive content if they're doing this. They're looking to expand their reach, if anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they'd bail on the hardware altogether, but this feels like one toe in the water a little bit. Like, yeah. it's kind of a feeler. But the only thing is, like, I don't know if they would want to necessarily off offload hardware production to, let's say, Nintendo. And I say that because Nintendo is not going to push the envelope in terms of performance or power. They're not going to. They're yeah. not selling a six hundred dollar uh, Xbox Pro X yeah. or whatever it's called. We have an idea of what we want this system to do. This is the X amount of power we need to do said thing. Yeah, that's all we're really going to invest in. Yep, because Nintendo does not. They don't make it a habit to take a loss on consoles. Period. They yeah. sell them at a profit, and they they have billions of dollars in cash on hand as a result. So. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. I, I if, but if the streaming thing becomes more and more viable over the internet, then let the game run on some server somewhere, and then you can access it via whatever lame hardware you might be running. I mean, you can run it on your phone if you wanted to. Your, your phone's not the thing doing the actual yeah. gameplay. So if that's our, if that's kind of the future, then yeah, maybe they might want to back back out of, the, of hardware a little bit, especially since the Xbox got trounced. Uh, by the PlayStation, if 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 they were neck and neck still, or if, if Xbox was ahead, they might not be doing this right now. But they kind of dropped the ball significantly with the Xbox One. I don't know. I don't. I, to me, it's, it's it's all gravy for Nintendo. I mean, if they can sit there and brag like, "Hey, by the way, on top of all of our own games that sell our systems en mass, yeah, Microsoft's giving you their big stuff too. Yay, us. Yeah." You know, it it gives me hope. I had an Xbox. Mm-hmm. I grabbed an Xbox towards the end of the system's life. Which, got, the original? Super, yeah. Okay. I got one super cheap. Um, and one of the, the games I played for it was so incredible. And this franchise only ever had one entry. And they've never done anything with it since then. So I would I would hope... That possibly part of this merger is we get that game again, if not just like a reissue of the original, because I'd still be fine with that, or a new one. That was Crimson Skies. Hmm. Think of Twisted Metal, mm-hmm. but instead of cars, planes. Okay. It was fantastic. It just played incredibly well. So I'd like to see a return of that. Um, other than that, there's there's nothing so much for me in this there's very few xbox games i would even care about but it's still it's something that's really i think interesting how it's possibly playing out and will definitely be interesting to see i'll wait till some official confirmation comes out um the way the way some of it's being reported is is awkward um Microsoft to me though is definitely dealing from a position of weakness oh yeah uh they're they're hurting in my opinion they're hurting um, and they need to find a way to get their product. <sighs> See, it's weird. Here's the weird thing. If if you can play Xbox games on the Switch, what benefit is that necessarily to the Xbox? Like, is that going to make people go out and buy an Xbox? Which makes I don't me get think, it. Why would they? Like, this is kind of their ways of saying, you know, adios to the console market. But again, I wouldn't be surprised either way because, like... 
Sony made a lot of mistakes with the PlayStation 3, but in the end, the system still had legs yeah. and still had a, a good life. Xbox One was almost dead on arrival. It felt that way. It really did. And, like, yeah, they kind of... Microsoft went back and changed a lot of the stuff that, you know, they screwed up at E3. But it all Damage seemed was done. like it was too little too late. And just not, like... There's no innovation or... Yeah, there's no innovation with Xbox. Like, you know what you're getting out of an Xbox. I'm not talking so much about the hardware, but more like the software. You know you're going to get your Halo. You know you're going to get your Gears of War, your Forza, your, you know, whatever. I, I if, if I can be fair to them, I will say the innovation you do get is on their online platform. Um, Xbox Live is 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 in far superior in terms of yeah. its, its usability than PlayStation Network and whatnot. Yeah, it's uh, it it just it feels tight. Your friends are all you you feel very connected to everyone you want to play with at all times. Yeah, um, and that's great if that's your thing. So if you're doing, you but know, if you don't have anything you really want to rally to play, which as I get older, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I never was a big online gamer, and as I get older, that's not going to change. I don't think. Yeah. I like my single-player experiences and get off my lawn. <laughs> get off my lawn. Um, so, yeah. It's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. We will see. I, I'm Fascinating. I'm curious. I'm very curious. So. Yeah. Another thing that happened this weekend, and I know you don't care very much or at all, but I feel it bears mentioning. The Academy Awards happened this weekend. And, <laughs> Yay. Uh, Marvel took home some some trophies uh, in the Spider-Verse, which I'm ashamed to say I still haven't seen. I know. Um, won Best Animated Feature over, I think, two Pixar films? Whoa. Yeah. Well, Incredibles 2 was one of them. I think there might have been another one. It was Spidey. Uh, yeah. And then Black Panther won a couple of its nominations. I'm not going to lie, Drew. The awards they won were early on in the show. Yeah. And the crowd was popping hard for Black Panther. And I thought maybe. I mean, I know it's all a political process. It's never going to be best picture, man. But at the end of the day, these never. things are voted on and voted on by, you know, pretty much the people who were there. I was thinking maybe. Nah. There's, it goes from yeah. 0% chance to like a 5% chance. It, that um, was never going to happen. But yeah, they I did know. win for what? They won for best production design, uh, best costume, costume design, and, and I think best soundtrack. And no score. Score, okay. The One of the things we lament about the Marvel films is that the scores are like kind of boring. And funniest thing... As I said here, I couldn't tell you the Black Panther score. I, <laughs> the, but I could, the composer for the Black Panther score... Might have been the whitest dude in the room. Irony. <laughs> like, we're That's talking... Fine. Whatever. We're talking, you know, long-haired Norwegian-looking dude. Wow. Hey, look. It, it, okay. It, it takes a village to, yeah. to, to make a Marvel movie. So, yeah. That's great. Uh, production design and costume design, I'm not going to lie. If, if, it didn't, if it didn't win those awards... Then there's no truth in any of yeah. any of which there isn't anyway. But come on, man. That what else? We said it when we reviewed it on this show. Like it did. It it looked so unique yep. and so striking that I'd never seen anything like it, and and probably haven't since. 
Like yeah. it, it really was incredible. And it, and even though I'm not a big believer in these awards, uh, it deserved, <laughs> it deserved those awards. Yes, because it was, it, it looked so incredible. So cool, good for Marvel. It's more hardware than DC's got. <laughs> mm. Maybe not Warner Brothers, mm. but DC has never no. They, yep, no. they, they no. Suicide Squad is an Academy Award winning film. It got sir. one. It got one. Black it Panther still has, has three. One. Scoreboard. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh. So that's okay. Hey, go yeah. go go Marvel. Just Yay. keep on keep on marveling. Which they're about to in about what two weeks we get Captain Marvel. Yeah, I, still I got haven't gotten tickets. <laughs> we might want to get on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These things were much easier before we both had kids. Yes, yes. I have to figure out babysitters now, and that's yeah. going to be in it. that's going to be a thing. Yep. I uh, speaking of Captain Marvel. Did you see uh, Rotten Tomatoes is reevaluating their whole <laughs> reviewing system on, because the trolls. Yeah. For Captain Marvel? Because the internet is full of horrible, horrible people. Yeah. Yes, it is. Many of them. Um, you know, the trolls came out, to, as they've been doing for pretty much every Marvel film lately, and even more so, you know, superhero films or sci-fi films featuring strong female leads, um, and put a whole bunch of bogus reviews online. You know... I know people do get to see these movies early, but yeah. why was why was the public ever allowed to review a movie before it comes out? This, this, is, I don't know. this is stupid. I, you know, that's why these platforms are just. Yeah, I don't know. But they, hey, Rot- Rotten Tomatoes finally went okay. Enough is enough. Hey, smart move. Yeah, damage is already done. But hey, good job. Well, now I mean, something's better than nothing. It is. It's just. You know, come on, man. I know. It's, I know. You know what's funny, though? Not funny. It's because it's not funny. But it's like, we get two or three Marvel movies a year, right? Yeah. And Star Wars, DC, all these different yep. franchises. How come all these review bombings and crap only happen to, oh, I don't know, movies that have strong female leads? Because a lot of people are terrible. Okay. Just checking. Not all Just people. checking. But a lot of people. Because then you're going to get the... Because um, I know you're going to look online and there's going to be people in the comments like, well, actually, it just wasn't a very good movie. Um, let's be honest. It's like, dude. Yeah. I see... Right, like, John Cena, I see. I, I do see you. In fact, I see right through you. Come on. Yeah. It's yeah, okay. that's... So it's... Some people just want to stick to the old ways of... Oh, you know, get, get, a, get a life. Yeah. Uh, fun Captain Marvel fact that I have heard on the internet is that she does rock that Nine Inch Nails shirt for more than half the movie. <laughs> Inside, I'm kind of like, oh, it's kind of cool. <laughs> um, so, okay. All right, that's, that's um, cool. Last bit of news that at least I have is a couple weeks ago, we, we've, well, more than a couple weeks ago now, we've long since mourned and bemoaned the cancellation of Daredevil. And yeah. I like to think we've, we've been... You know, we've made our peace with it and moved on. You know, we still have to sit down and have a conversation about, you know, possibly rebranding the show. Um, Some fans drew, surprisingly enough, fans doing something crazy, um, are not quite ready to let go yet because this past weekend in Times Square, there were some billboards uh, 
saying to save Daredevil. Now, a billboard in Times Square not cheap is not cheap, not cheap at all. And this was a couple of them. I mean, look, I I, I, I admire the spirit. Yes, you. We do a show on Daredevil, yeah. <laughs> so obviously, mm-hmm. hey man, yay. But I'm also kind of like feeling like Sean Connery in Last Crusade. Just let let it go. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's You not can't save it. No. Like, yeah. it's not coming back to Netflix magically. Put it this way. In the time it would take for them to uncancel it, get a crew back together, begin production, film episodes, you're talking about basically as long as it's going to take for those rights to just go back to Hulu or Marvel or whatever they're going to do with it anyway. It's, it, it, it is what it is. Yep. Um, I'm, I don't like it necessarily, but I've made peace with it and I, Hey, look, keep on keeping on, but we applaud the effort. I absolutely applaud the effort. I, I do. I do save daredevil. Yes, it would, it would be nice, but I'm also, not gonna look forward to it save the daredevil save the world <laughs> i mean you know the comic's still going you want your get your yeah. I, like okay i i don't want to throw shade at people or whatever right? yes because we know how no, no, much no, you don't want just, to throw just, just shade at people follow me for a moment a lot more people a lot of people Okay, have watched Daredevil, many. and many many people are upset that Daredevil is canceled, and that Iron Fist is canceled, and that Black uh, uh, not Black Panther, um, uh, Luke Cage, Luke Cage, uh, and the Punisher, and yada yada. They're, people are upset that these shows are canceled. Hey, we too are upset that these shows are canceled, Carl. Yes. Carl, if only there was some other way i could find stories about these characters that i like if only there was some other medium or place where they told those stories i i can't put my finger on maybe on a monthly basis like a new story could come out every single month you might be on to something i don't i don't i don't know um folks Go read the comics. They're there. There's 40, 50 years of back issues. You could dive in anywhere and just go and tumble down a rabbit hole. And we'll recommend you good stuff. Just ask. We'll tell you. We'll tell you where to start. There's plenty of stuff out there. Valid. And that's not to say that I, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to pick on anybody here. I'm just saying... I, too, am upset about the show's cancellation. But look, if, if you really are hard up and you want more, look into the comics. It, they're great. Comics rule. There's nothing to be ashamed about reading them. They're awesome. They're so awesome. That's why they're taking over Hollywood, because someone in Hollywood finally recognized, hey, these are awesome. Let's, like, you know, do this, but, like, with people. And make it big and crazy. But the comics are still great. They're still awesome. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my little appeal to the, the folks that are upset about the Daredevil cancellation. 
Yeah, no, I I fully agree. Read read some comics. But then we run into the problem, Drew, where the comics aren't always that great. They're not always that great, but you know, so what? Wait till the next one. It might be great. Fair enough. Not a lot of movies are great either. You know? I mean, come on. There's bad movies. You're not going to never read it. You're you're never going to, like, never watch a movie again because you saw one bad movie. You're never going to, like, never watch TV again because you saw a bad episode of a TV show. So if you have a bad issue of a comic, guess what? There's a million more out there. And there'll be a new one next month. Yep. So, you know, don't just... Take, take a chance. I get you. Take a chance. Um, it's wise words. Did we uh, did we talk about Reggie retiring? Oh, geez, no. Holy oh, gee. Sorry, man. It's that's, okay. That's my bad. No, it's okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Reggie Filsame, Nintendo of America president. Is it Filsame or Filsame? Filsame. Filsame. I, I don't know. It's pretty sure it's Filsame. Reggie with the big hands. <laughs> Reggie's a big guy. <laughs> Reggie's a big dude. And his body was ready, but now his body is ready for retirement. Yeah. Oh, dude, I'm I'm bummed. Now, to me, dude, he's been a very. It's an end of an era. It is. He it's, has been a, a public face for that company for something like 14, 15 years. Yeah. And um, he he's now. You got to be careful with. Uh, giving him too much credit for what Nintendo has done in his tenure because he's the salesman. He is effectively a salesman for America. He yeah. has to sell Japanese product to Americans. Yeah. Um. So Reggie's not grinding away making the next Mario. No. Game. No. He can. He can tell Nintendo Japan. Hey, look. Here's how the American market kind of is yeah. he can, you know and he's been a, a big voice for that and um but you know it's he's not sitting there dictating what nintendo's going to do in the big picture so you know right but in his role he was a public friendly face who people seem to really like and he had a great connection with fans he had a great rapport with people he was always enthusiastic about the product he didn't he didn't come off like out of uh Trying to think. You, you watch E three these presentations yeah, stuff, yeah. and sometimes you get these guys that are just like their suits, and you can tell they're just their suits. They're business guys, and but they have to talk about the business they happen to run, which is video games, and it just rings so hollow and false. You're like this guy. Yep. This guy has never played a video game in his life. Reggie was not like that. He felt like a guy who played games and knew the product and knew what people liked about it, and he just got it. And he always made himself the butt of jokes, too, which helps. Like, he was self-deprecating, and yeah, it just endeared him more to fans. So now with him gone and, uh, you know, Satoru Iwata's passing a couple years ago, uh, which I'm still sad about, uh, yeah, a, a, a huge chapter of Nintendo's history is, is closed. It, it's, you know, those, those two very public faces are gone now. So it's 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 kind of weird. It's kind of strange. And now only Bowser remains. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo of America is being run by a guy whose last name is Bowser. Truly, these are the end times, Drew. Uh, princess, hide. <laughs> the princess, hide. Hide, princess. 
Mar- Mar- Mario's days are numbered. <laughs> All games are Bowser now. I know. It's so bizarre. Captain Bowser Treasure Hunter. It's it's a fun uh it's a fun headline to say yeah. like Bowser runs Nintendo, but yeah. um I I hope I hope he's ready for the job. I hope he's as uh enthusiastic and fun as Reggie was. I just hope he gets Metroid Prime 4 made for you. Nintendo's on top of that. Don't worry. I I trust I trust them to to get that done. Um but yeah, it's it's a bummer. It is a bummer. But I think Reggie can leave knowing that he left the company in a good place, and uh, he did his job admirably. Um, even even in some rough times, you know, he he did the job and steered the ship, and you know they came out okay. So yeah, we'll see. It it is it's a little bummer. It's it, again, he's a, a friendly face that we all came to kind of you know know trust and look forward to seeing, and now that's going to be gone. Yeah. Good times. All right, Drew, I think that just about does it for the news. Okay. At least I can think of. Um, as I get my notes out here. Whoa, Drew, two weeks in a row we're talking about the Daredevil TV show. What What are we doing here? Well, well, it's almost like we're back on track. Yeah, it's almost. Just in time for the show to get canceled. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, oh, oh. Very nice. So I actually look like I like I have notes in this. Oh god. Okay. My, my um seeing as my commute home from work is longer nowadays, didn't quite have a chance to uh watch the entirety of this episode. It's okay, I'm I sure to, like skim over some parts. Um but this is a really good episode. Um Episode nine, Revelations. A lot goes on this. This is like a one of the a couple pivotal episodes for Matt, as he's having a true crisis of faith in this episode on multiple levels. Yeah, well, I mean, between his worst enemy seemingly winning, uh, and now this revelation about his mother kind of rocking yeah. him to his core, Matt's yeah, Matt's having bad time. Yeah, so. Matt goes to confront uh, the priest. Yeah, Father. What's what's his? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, we're so bad at this. <laughs> Hang on, I'll get it. We're so bad at this. So he goes to confront. He's the priest a supporting character. Who's? Yeah, he's a good supporting character. He's a good actor. I like him here. Who is? He's hustling at the local pool hall, where the, where the <laughs> kids go to to commit shenanigans. Do the kids still do that? I don't think so. Okay, just checking. Um. So yeah. Finds him there hustling, and he's trying to get some explanations going on. Matt Matt goes through a lot in this episode, m- mentally and emotionally, more than physically. Father Lantum. Father Lantum. There you go. And we have a lot going. This episode sees a revisit of the voices in Matt's head, for lack of a better term. He has conversations with his father. And his father, the voice of his father eventually devolves into that of Wilson Fisk towards the end of the episode. And we uh, we get a flashback. Do you remember there are flashbacks like all the time? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been, it has been a hot minute. Uh, we get a flashback to uh, Maggie meeting Jack and falling in love. And I'm, I'm very glad that this was not the, it, the, Timing of the flashback seemed to be just right. 
Like they didn't drag it out for a lot of the episode. They gave us the important beats. They gave us what we needed and then just kind of moved on with the story. Jack, Jack uh, 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 is is stealing a bride of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> the Jack, bride, she's the, taken, buddy. The bride of Christ is actually the church, but I get what you're saying there. Um, the Yeah, so uh, Maggie and a couple of her uh, sister friends, sister being the, the religious uh, classification, yeah. not, not the genetic one. Um, go to a boxing match for, you know, why not? Reasons. Reasons. And Jack is fighting and Jack doesn't have a corner man. So he charms Maggie into being his corner man. And sure. They fall in love from there and they have a kid. And Maggie is, has very bad, uh, postpartum depression. Yeah. Um, and they kind of play this legit because it wasn't. And they mentioned later in the episode, they didn't know what they know now back then. It's true. So Jack doesn't really know what to do. So he just kind of calls the Father Latham and the other nuns Lantham. and says, Lantham. Lantham. Um, Father Green Lantham. <laughs> Father Green Lantham. <laughs> yes. So, like you know, come and they came and got Maggie and, and that was kind of that. And again, I really liked how they how they did it. It wasn't. It wasn't a flashback episode, which we have coming up next, unfortunately. Oh, um, everyone's going to... Okay, go on. It's the weakest episode this season. I mean, um, it's it's all right. right. Right after an episode where they show us how a flashback should be done. Um, but yeah, like we see... Matt, Matt is having a crisis of faith. He is, you know... And... We've joked around in the past that, you know, the Catholic guilt being what it is, he's kind of just beyond that because he feels betrayed right now. Sure. From the ones that he possibly trusted the most. He was already in a bad place. Um, and now with this betrayal, like, it, it certainly isn't, isn't going to help his state of mind any. Um, he was already keeping his friends at, at a distance for his own reasons. Yeah. But I mean, I still feel like, you know, he could trust them. Yeah. Now his world's but even more so now his world has been torn asunder. <laughs> yeah. And he comes to a pivotal decision in this episode where he's like, I'm going to kill this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the guy who spent a season convincing Frank Castle that his ways were wrong. This is quite the uh, step back for Matt Murdock. <laughs> that was one of, I felt, the missed opportunities of this season is not having Frank show up at some point. Well, I don't disagree, but I mean, they, uh, well, by this point, they were already filming a Punisher show yeah. and, you know, it, it, yeah, it's it's the old, I mean, to be fair, uh, the movies have this problem, too, where, you know, big stuff is going on, but we don't know where Captain America is or, you know, what well, outside with, of his own movies. With, with the films, I always kind of like approach the films like a comic book. Sure. You know, you have your Captain America monthly, you have your Iron Man monthly, you've got yeah, your yeah, Spider-Man yeah. monthly, and yeah, stuff's going on in, in 
those books where obviously the hero could use some help from the others, but it's just it's their book. <laughs> They're the ones that got to deal <laughs> well, with it. This is this is Daredevil's show, and he's got to deal with it. Yeah. Um, but philosophically, yeah, this is a big swing from where he was previously. Yeah, and it's it's tough. It. I'm not ignorant to what he's feeling mm-hmm. as far as like the betrayal from a parental figure. Right. I'm trying to say this in the nicest, most politically correct way possible. Um, <laughs> and the emotions that that can bring about. Sure. Are rarely rational emotions. No. I mean, I think anyone who a crisis of faith is is part of having faith. Um, it's it can it's it walks it can walk such a fine line between being a, a purifying fire that can burn away some some unneeded rubbish, or it can be something that permanently cripples you spiritually for the rest of your life and you know i've been you know i've had my crises of faith i've spoken on the show numerous times about my faith and uh lord knows that faith was pushed to its absolute limit you know the the morning i found my father when he had passed away sure um so i but like and that kind of and that's not like necessarily the betrayal i'm talking about but i get where matt's head is at in this show and you see things sometimes I think in black and white when there can be shades of gray and Matt, I think has always had that in this show, but now he's kind of like looking at the black and whites through a different spectrum. And that spectrum has been like perverted and obscured by Fisk, uh, in a big, bad way. And this episode doesn't, I mean, the hits kind of keep coming here. Yeah. You know, while all this is going on, we're finding out that, like, Foggy's brother has been yeah. put under Fisk's thumb. So now Foggy's kind of screwed. He's under the gun now, too. Yeah. Uh, we're finding out Fisk is immensely more powerful than we thought he was. Right, right. Because then we have Agent Nadim going to meet his boss to try and get, you know, he's he wants to do the right thing finally. Yeah. And uh, he goes to her. At her home. Surprise! Yeah. She's in on it, too. Yeah. I, there was something I bumped up against real hard in this scene. Okay. The kids didn't hear the gunshots? Were there kids in the house? Yeah. I mean, they probably did and got scared, I would think. I missed that. I I, I kind of agree. Yeah. Um, either way, there's going to be cops at that house and they're going to have to explain yeah. their covers. Someone was still killed in their house. So one way or the other, the kids are going to either believe the cover story or whatever. But that's that's fair. That's a fair thing. But yeah, it's been, she yeah she killed the, the, the Fed yeah. guy and, and here we are. Yeah. So now and the Feds are under Fisk's thumb. But they don't call him Fisk. No. They call him Kingpin. Well, you know, we got to keep we got to keep. Yeah. The, uh, it's good to remind people. Yeah, and and so the the episode finishes up on just a fantastic scene in what looks like a 
bank vault mm-hmm. with candelabras lighting and just such a like it it reeks of comic book villainy in the the best way possible okay and it's just fisk fully assuming his position as the kingpin like the other heads of the fam what families there are left have been brought by the fbi which fisks are now fisks pawns yep and they're given their options you know well, they're going to fall and, in line. <laughs> yeah, fall in line or get a billy club in the head and be dead. Yes. Um, didn't Nadine get shot in this episode? He got shot in the last in the episode. last episode. I, I have a note here that just says, how long can a guy live with a gunshot wound? He got better. I'll say. I think it just, gra- I think it was like they didn't. Did it graze him it or something? Graze, yeah, okay, because I mean, you know, I was just thinking, like, you know, I've seen Reservoir Dogs, and you know, Mister Orange was was bleeding for. Mister Orange had more blood in his body <laughs> than the current starting lineup of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, but uh, he's he's just bleeding out for the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, Nadim, not so much. He, yeah, he was okay. It was kind of like Last Action Hero when it's just a flesh wound. Yep. That's a deep reference. but A very deep reference. It's not a bad movie, actually. It's it's not. It did poorly, it but really, it's really not bad. Yeah, it's it's an interesting um, look at 90s action cinema, where it was. In a way, like, isn't that... I feel like that movie would do better... That concept would do better now than it did then. Yeah, yeah. I think people would get the joke better now. Yep. Um, great. What a segue this was. Yeah. Great. <laughs> there's, there's, just a, there's, there's a great <laughs> line Arnold has that that's just his delivery is so awesome. He's like, I've gone to detective school, police school, and years of training. You're telling me that all I got to do is drive around the house, drive around the neighborhood, point the finger at the house, and say, the bad guys are in there? <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie. Oh, it's so great. It really is. Leo the Fart. Leo the Fart. You're going to pass gas one, one last time. time. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. practice. John Practice. You're the guy who killed Mozart. Who? <laughs> Mo who? Zart. <laughs> Zart. I kill a lot of people. Look oh. at him. He's a cartoon cat. He's one of the best detectives <laughs> on the force. <laughs> <laughs> I, I it's think. so stupid, but it's great. <laughs> it, it works on so many levels. His whole closet is uh, the same outfit. Yep, yep. How'd you know it was a bad guy? There's always a bad guy in there. <laughs> Wait a second. I'm the comic relief. This is not going to work. Oh, oh man. That's great. Great, great, sound, great soundtrack. Oh, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. Big gun. Yep. Anyway. Um, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Daredevil. <laughs> There's our new format after Daredevil ends. We're just going to do <laughs> Last Arnold Action Hero podcast. <laughs> Last Action Hero fanfic. Start those emails coming. Sir Ian McKellen is death in the end there. Yes. Later be Magneto. See? Relevant. Yeah. Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so weird. So weird. Even just like a little momentary like Sharon Stone walking by in the basement. Oh, the yeah, yeah, Robert yeah. Patrick walking by is the T-1000. Just 
just awesome. Just awesome. But no, this was a really solid episode. Um, it's definitely in the conversation for best episode of the season. Just real quick, uh, I want to point out, um, and I, I'd have to do like the, I would have to do math, which I'm not going to do, but I'm looking at the IMDb scores of all the episodes for every season of Daredevil, yeah. and um, my cursory glance tells me that despite some people uh, that have said that they did not like season three, believe it or not, they're out there. Uh, season three has the highest scores of all three seasons. Yeah, <laughs> per episode, and it's well deserved. Like, like, really high. <laughs> yep. So, do you have anything left to say on this episode? I don't. I don't. Matt's at a low point. Um, Fisk has consolidated power to a big, bad degree, and uh, you know, right when the thing, the thing about this show and this season, especially, is like, right, you know, it's grim. Yeah, it's it's but the little but, beats too, like Fisk making the Dean take off his. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, all that's great. But at I'm, the end of the episode, Matt finds everything and just the way it, the way it just builds though is like, man, it, things are like dire. Yeah, and I mean dire, and you wonder how are they gonna what how are they gonna fix this? Yeah, and uh, spoilers, they do. So you know, as bad as it is, uh, it gets it gets better. Yeah, the last, I mean, this episode, the season, I mean, the show in general, but this season really like ratchets things down. And the last the last several episodes are just like an explosion of awesome. Yeah. So, really? so we're in we're in the but maybe not there. the next one. But I think yeah, you know it's fine. not so much the next one. Yeah, it's fine. Didn't, didn't need to be a whole episode. It's fine. Um, all right, folks, that's going to do it for us here for another episode of The Devil's Do. We appreciate you, as always, stopping by. If you would like to send the same questions or comments to be read on the show, you can do so at the following locations. You can find us on Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook and like our page at facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com. Or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, thedevilsdopodcast.com. Drew, that being said, any closing thoughts? Uh, Dear homeowners, invest in a small portable generator. Should you ever have to uh, go without power for any sort of extended period of time, you will be uh, thankful. So big big props to my whatever you can do. Um, Just... You know, in those emergency situations, uh, yeah, be prepared. I learned the hard way, and I'm grateful that uh, I have family that took some pity on me and <laughs> bailed us out in the zero hour. So, Indeed. Well said. Yeah. All right, folks. I'm going to go drive my cherry red Beamer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, like, I, like I texted you, uh, achievement unlocked, baller status. <laughs> yeah, it's quite possible. All right, folks, thanks again for joining us. Court is adjourned.